what is up welcome back outside the cage we are live how are we doing brother doing pretty good man finally got a day off of work during the week so been able to chill a little bit today hit some golf balls earlier lock in on some mma receive some new news as it is every day some updated rankings we got a yes, lot sir. to get into this weekend first off how you doing as well i'm good brother can't complain got a packed show today do bro I, when i was sending you the list we had to cut some stuff because it would have been a, a rogan length episode <laughs> so first off ufc austin man this one it it almost reached orlando levels for me i can't say that quite okay. quite orlando levels but that was an elite fight night right there the atmosphere of the crowd you had rogan sitting next to dana just there on his off day mm-hmm. had great fights impactful fights in marquee divisions in the ufc what kind of stood out to you the most um taken away from that card um i think there was a lot of guys that stood out if we're talking about like fighters that stood out obviously armand sarayukian um i thought jalen turner had a big knockout but if we're just talking about like stuff in general that stood out from the night it's got to be the bobby green jalen turner stoppage um that was that was bad. One of the worst I've probably ever seen. Um, you have the clip for us. Yeah, I'll play it for anybody that missed it. I don't even care to watch it again. I'm, I might look away. Bro, he was literally stuck for the last like three. Mm-hmm. And even before that, 90% of times you see it get called when a fighter kind of like half. Back, you're on your back. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah, I, that's – do we have a name of that ref? He didn't look familiar. Yeah, I had it earlier. Um, uh, It's like Hadkins or something like that, like Todd Hadkins. No, it's not that, but it's a, it's a white name like that. It's um, just – it's stuff like that that gives the people that – are hesitant about the UFC and the reason that UFC has a bad narrative in some states and some places is stuff like that. Like you just can't allow that. And I yeah. get it. Like Bobby Green's probably tougher than most. Um, he can take some damage, but as soon as he goes to his back, like it, it's 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 over. It, it was done, man. Um, feel bad for Bobby Green. That's just that that can't happen. They have to go in there knowing that they're going to be protected. Obviously, they luck getting into a cage fight. You know, all all's fair, but um. Get mad at Jalen Turner. You have to stop. He has to keep going until he stops the fight. Um, it's all in the refs. They just have to have more safety and they have to have more respect for the fighters. And just they have, they just got to be better. So all it was. Yeah, man. It's and it's a hard job. Don't get me wrong. Like it's split second decisions in there, and you see times where fighters do come back after crazy knockdowns. But that was just a whole nother level. And Dana White, he did. He didn't come to the ref's defense. He said it was a terrible decision, but he did say that the ref was, he really felt bad about it. He was shook up. It's not like Yamasaki or past refs where they said some stupid shit to quote Dana. He said, oh, I allowed him to be a warrior tonight. Yeah. Wasn't anything like that. He didn't stand on it. He knew he made a mistake. He felt bad. It's just one of those jobs where you have, like that was 10 seconds right there to make a decision that probably takes years off of Bobby Green's life. If we're being real, it's a high stakes, high pressure job, which is nuts. I don't think they should get rid of him or anything like that, 
but he's definitely got to be on the hot seat now. But if you're a fighter, obviously no fighter goes in thinking that they're going to lose, so it might not be on their mind. But like if I'm going in, I'm like, I don't want him as my ref. Fucking die in there. He'll, he's going to let me die. Like that's yeah. got to be a conversation too. But obviously that's not, I mean, again, I don't think no fighter goes in like, oh, I don't, I don't worry. I don't care who the ref is because I'm, I'm going to win. Like that's the mm-hmm. mindset and that's what the mindset kind of should be. But I mean, that's just, this is where like a, we need a union. I think this is where we need some representation for the fighters and that can't be allowed and he should not be allowed to, he should not be allowed to. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't want to say he shouldn't be allowed, but you, how many chances do you get? So he gets one more chance to fuck, fuck up someone's life. Yeah. that's Yeah. That's a good way to put it right there. Damn. Mm, that's a, that's a tough one. You even look at, would you say that this compared to, Eh, I was going to compare it to like the Pat Barry Chet Congo thing where Congo was getting wailed on for it seemed like almost this long and then somehow came back and won. There are times like that where it works in the fighter that's getting pummeled, uh, that's getting pummeled's favor, but this one was uh, yeah, pretty unexcusable. I personally don't think you get rid of the guy just yet, but it's hard because like you said, what, you just let him mess up someone else's life? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, thinking now, sometimes I'm glad. Sometimes I wish I had to make those decisions. I was in that seat, you know, high up in the UFC, but then there's other times where. I don't I'm even think that's, I think it's the commission's decision. It's not even the UFC's decision. So some commit, if he tries to apply to ref in Vegas, mm. the Nevada commission could be like, nah. I mean, in the Texas commission can be like, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just like, yeah. like how Aljo's cleared in some states and he's not cleared in other states to fight. Um, Dude, that's so one thing crazy. I want to say is I don't want to. I don't want to take away the win from Jalen Turner of what he did. Um, that's a huge win for him. Fighting Bobby Green on short notice. Bobby Green's definitely not a tough out. Um, a little bit of weight issues again for Jalen Turner. Yeah. What do you? What, what's the situation here? Does he have to go to 70? Dude, I mean, at some point, you can't just let him keep missing weight. So he did make weight, but it was af- it, was yeah. it after the time, or did he still barely make it yeah, within like- the – he didn't make it first time they gave him extended time and he made it to 56. Hmm. I mean, if you're really trying to be a title guy, he really thinks he's able to get a whole nother pound off of that, off of that weight right there. I know it's short notice, so he didn't get his full build up for the weight cut. I think he'll probably get a pass on this one because of that reason that it was a week and a half or two weeks notice. But I'd say one more, one more weight miss and he's probably got to move up. You saw with Paulo Costa, they didn't really have – they had a little bit of leniency with him, I guess. But now he's got to yeah move up. And I just think Paulo Costa has a big draw. So that mm-hmm. obviously, you know, everyone wants to see Paulo Costa no matter what way he's at. Um, yeah. Not saying Turner's not a big draw, but I think just no one really – no one really takes Paulo seriously as like a contender. He's just like a – he's a big-name fighter. So it's just kind of like really? whatever Paulo's going to miss weight, he's going to miss weight. But Jalen Turner's actually trying to make a title run. So um, he definitely needs to figure that situation out. Yeah, and Turner's moved up to number 10 in the light wing, uh, lightweight rankings, I believe now. Um, he's right behind Hooker. I had a couple had a couple recommendations for Turner's next opponent. I had, since we're on the Turner-Bobby fight still, we kind of jump around a little bit. I had Benoit Saint-Denis. That mm. would be a banger of a fight right there i think you could even put that in as like a co as a co-main yeah. for the diehards at least or 
Another one I had was Moicano. Moicano was calling him out, said that they were allegedly scheduled to fight before this whole thing went down. Who knows how true that is? I think that would be a banger as well. And then this one, probably not, but I mean, maybe Benil Darius. They're kind of in that same tier now. Benil dropped down to seven, Turner's up to 10. Usually you don't like to put a guy coming off a KO loss against a guy coming off a KO win. But that was my, it's my third option for a reason here. Yeah. Do you have anyone in mind for the Tarantula's next bout? Mm, um, I mean, we can just kind of get into lightweight rankings in general. Um, With Armand Saryukian winning, be a knockout over Dariush in the first round, huge win for him. Um, mm-hmm. No one's booked in the lightweight division. Crazy. Do you have the lightweight rankings up? Uh, I could get it. I don't have the picture in here, but I can pull them up real quick. But I know that Dar- or Saryukin is up to four now. I think he's only behind maybe Gaethje and Oliveira. Let's see. So Oliveira's one, Gaethje two, Poirier three, Saryukin four, and then Chandler five, Gamrot six, Benil seven. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, no, no, it's an open slate right now. Yeah. This is what we this is what we live for. Any, anyone can anyone can go anywhere really. Um, I like Saryukin as like a next title limiter. I think he's a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have him for a guy. I think he definitely deserves a title eliminator. Um, maybe a Gaethje. Mm. My cousin had texted me Oliveira versus Saryukian for a title eliminator since Oliveira was supposed to have that title shot against Islam and he got hurt, so he missed it. The winner. But or you go you could go Gaethje Islam, you could go Oliveira Islam, Gaethje Saryukian. They're not waiting and just gonna go. I think Charles gets a title shot next. I don't think he goes title eliminator. In that case, I love Saryukian versus Gaethje. I think Saryukian's a big enough name now to where those top guys, they have to fight him. They might not want to because he's still not a huge pay-per-view draw here in America, but amongst UFC fans and people that know the fight game even a little bit, they know that Saryukian is a force and that he is a legit title contender. He's probably had the closest fight against Islam besides um volk in that first one and the guy who ko'd islam i guess earlier in his career so he has a legitimate we've seen him in there with islam already we know he can compete so this is a guy that i think a lot of people would put their money on as the one that's able to dethrone islam or at least has the best chance of doing so yeah definitely i didn't think every time you get anytime you get a new fresh guy kind of always think that he's the next guy um and it's interesting to see Kind of the first time in a while we've had a different name in the top five in the lightweight division. It's kind of been the same guys, the Chandler, the Poirier's, the Gaethje's, Oliveira's, Makachev. So interesting to see a new name here. I like Saryukin. I've, I've been high on him. Um, so, yeah, I think, like you said, I think he's a big enough name now where you can sell him to a title fight or a title eliminator. Um, the thing is, is I don't know if the guys in general, like that's the thing about the lightweight division. It's why it's been so, like, repetitive is because those guys like Poirier and Gaethje they they just want big fights they want big names mm-hmm. so it's like can you convince a Gaethje to fight a Saryukian like I don't know I mean Gaethje fought Fazeev I feel like that's similar to fighting Saryukian if not Saryukian's probably a bigger name now yeah than Fazeev was at the time yeah I'd agree that's that's true I feel like Gaethje almost kind of like 
took that one on the chin though he stooped down to that level so then he could go back up win the bmf belt headline a pay-per-view and now he's kind of yeah. back into that upper upper tier if the ufc offered him sorry yuki and he might be like i don't want to i don't want to fight down again yeah but i mean money talks yeah. at the end of the day if they offer him a a crazy contract to fight i don't think he says no yeah, and he's a two fight a year guy. He's he's already he's already stated. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully, like again, like I I want new names in that lightweight division. Mm-hmm. Same guys, kind of getting old. Um, my guy, Davison Figueredo. I was calling for him for a big fight at thirty five. He gets it done, unanimous decision over Rob Font. He's likely gonna come in the thirty five rankings, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, he's Rob at Font. eight now. Yeah, he's at, oh, he's at eight. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know me. I've been trying to get him big fights at this division. Um, <laughs> Peter Yan? I've been hearing that one. That would be elite. That w- I mean, Peter should be should be ready to go, right? I don't think he has anything booked at the moment. He had something that fell through, right? But yeah, I don't think he has anything booked right now. That would be a banger of a fight. And, I mean, Figgy doesn't really have time to waste. Like you've said, he's what 30, 35, 36 years old now. So yeah. it's now or never for him, especially in those smaller divisions. It's not like light heavyweight where you can make a title run at 40. Yeah. At least we haven't seen anyone do it yet. But I like that a lot, dude. That's a real test because if he beats Peter, he's a legit title contender. I think everyone else that's beaten him besides Marab has gotten the title shot right after. Yeah. I like that a lot. Dude, Figgy looked really good against Font. He didn't really look that much smaller either, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's he was a big 25-er, so it kind of just mm-hmm. kind of like, I think against smaller 35-ers, he's, I don't think he's going to look small at 35. He just won't look as big as he did at 25. So, I, like, again, like he's kind of in the middle. He's like a 130. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's fine at that division. I don't think the size is, is an issue. Hey, you could tell he's been working with Henry with that karate stance he had out there yeah. in the beginning of the fight. It seems like he kind of went away from it a tiny bit but i was laughing at the beginning he really looked like henry's yeah head bobbing the little wannabe mcgregor stance i guess you could say another guy who i had in mind for uh figgy is if song yudong is able to get it done against chris gutierrez this weekend so right now song yudong's ranked seven figgy's ranked eight they'd be on a pretty similar timetable as well so I think Peter Yan's a bigger fight for sure. I think the UFC would rather do it. The fans would rather see that. But if yeah. for some reason that's not possible, I would like to see a Song Yudong versus Figgy as well. And it's kind of like a win-win because if Song wins, then you get to rise him up in the rankings again. And he's only 26 years old. And then if Figgy wins, you can yeah. give him a title eliminator or a top five fight after that. I like it. A um, couple names on this car that also stood out. Sean Brady. Big win for him submitting Kevin Gaslam. Big win for Sean Brady coming off his first loss. Um, Dominant. Took about a year off, but it's a big response for him. A lot of guys, they mm-hmm. that start in a season like that, they take a first loss. They don't know how to recover from just losing because they've never lost. Um, so big bounce back for Sean Brady. Like him. I like him at the welterweight division again. He's 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 here to stay, hopefully. Um, Misha Tate, submission win. Cody Brundage, big knockout. Yeah, slam knockout over the prospect that I was hyping up a little bit didn't quite, you know, um, come to come to fruition. 
Yeah. But yeah, Zach Brees tried to put him in an armbar. Cody Brundage said, uh, what the fuck is jujitsu? Picked him up, slammed him on and slammed him on his head, knocked him out. And it was back to back slam KOs. And the fight right before that, our guy shouts Timbo Shug, Jakar Close, did basically the same thing. <laughs> knocked somebody out with a slam when they were trying to get him in an armbar. Yeah. It has to be the first time in UFC history, right? That there's been back to back slam knockouts. For sure. That would be a terrible way to get KO. Just one thing, one moment you have an arm bar, the next moment you're getting slammed on your head. Just yeah. Seeing stars, punches raining down on you. I guess there isn't a good way to get knocked out, but yeah. That one sounds um, you mentioned it this week. Sangha Dong versus Chris Gutierrez. We're back in the apex. Um, Song Yadong minus 400, Chris Gutierrez plus 300. I'm guessing you like Song Yadong here. I do. Based off of my based off of my thing for Figgy, I definitely like Song Yadong here. I think he's a very, very well-rounded fighter. His grappling is underrated, and then everyone knows about his striking. He's only 26, and he's had 28 professional fights, so he has a lot of experience for his age. I think even though he's had even though he has seven losses on his record. He's young enough to where he still has a long time to rise back up to the top. So this is a guy that I have on my radar to be fighting in the top five or fighting for a title sometime in the next five years. I'm a big Song Yudong guy, definitely. Yeah, I like, Song Yudong. I like Song Yudong here too. Um, just younger, I think he's sharper. I think he's better. I think the line here is spot on. Um, mm-hmm. I think he just outclasses him. I think he just finds a way to get it done. I agree. Dude, Vegas has been good with the lines lately. I can't yeah. lie. I hate it when they are, but they've been hitting them on the head. Oh, one thing, speaking of Vegas, um, with the Jalen Turner, Bobby Green, that fight did end at two minutes and 49 seconds. So some people are saying maybe a little half a round, over half a round action. And it's not like the ref could look at the clock every second of the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees it's at 210. He's like, he sees a. Uh, Green get knocked down ten, 10 seconds later, and he's like, "Well, oh, I gotta, I gotta play this safe. Let it go a little bit longer." Yeah, I don't know. Tough. You know, I love my conspiracies. That's a crazy one, but hey, just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Why not? Why can't? Why? I agree. Free speech, right? We're not in Canada. First Amendment. Free James, free, free James Cross. Facts, dude. He did nothing wrong, bro. He was just Vegas doesn't like it when people beat him. Yeah, facts. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, we also had some other non-UFC big fights this weekend. Mm. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on Mike Perry versus Eddie Alvarez. BKFC, Mike Perry wins via corner, what you call it? Corner, corner stoppage. stoppage, I guess, yeah. End of round two. Um, what was your thoughts on the fight, and what were, what are your reaction? So I thought Eddie Alvarez was winning. Bro, he won the first round. I thought, yeah, he had Perry on skates. With the jab. Bro, Perry looked like slow and wobbled, and he was just kind of staggering towards Eddie, but he just kept doing it, bro. It was insane. He, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like a zombie, dude. He got punched a couple times, or more than a couple, probably like 50 times with that jab. And I think he caught Alvarez maybe like four or five times really good. And that was somehow more than Alvarez's 50. 
it's honestly just about Mike Perry's durability because mm-hmm. Alvarez won round one and then round two was close. So it wasn't like Mike Perry really won the fight. Like, no. yeah. from the offensive point, he's just able to take more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's the stuff he can take. It's like, and then, like, the dudes that are fighting, like, I can't take that many punches. Like, it's just, that's not, like, same thing with Rockhold. Like, I just can't take that many punches. And your hands, too. Like, yeah. your hand, hands are probably broken after. I was thinking, like, why isn't it like a bigger sport? And like, you know, you got Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez, kind of like big name guys, obviously for guys that know UFC. Mm-hmm. It's just painful to watch, bro. I can't watch it. It's tough. Dude, I was thinking, how could somebody have longer than a five-year career if they're doing only bare knuckle without yeah, their can't. body just getting destroyed? Like the amount of scar tissue on your face, the amount of yeah. broken bones you would have in your hands over that time. Yeah. It just doesn't, but it is entertaining. I'll give it to him. I love, I love the circle ring instead of the um, square ring for boxing as well. I feel like it makes it to where you can't, you can't run in there at all. You've just got to walk forward and throw down, trust your head movement, trust your fighting in the pocket. I yeah. think they got a good groove going. I think it's more for sickos that really just love violence. People that probably liked that Jalen Green or um, Jalen Turner, Bobby Green stoppage. Is there any but, other guys in BKFC that's like a, a big name next for Mike Perry? That's the thing. He's been trying to call people out. He shot his shot with Anthony Pettis. I don't know if Pettis has done bare knuckle before, but I think that would be something that's pretty marketable, marketable, big. Um, I think Perry versus Jake Paul in boxing. Obviously, Jake Paul is not going to do bare knuckle, but yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people would get behind just because Perry is extremely marketable and. He's been Still the backup a couple times, right? Yeah. I thought he was scarier than the real fight every time he was the backup. Yeah. Like Dennis versus Logan Paul. I think he was the backup for that. Um, That's a terrible change of opponents. If you think you're fighting Dylan why, Dennis. Then you why, can't, why can't he be successful in the UFC right now? I mean, he was decently successful. He just was—he was just another guy. He's not—he wasn't the guy in the UFC. He was still a guy that could go on a pay-per-view and be on the main card, but he's not going to be main eventing the pay-per-view like he is in BKFC. I just think it's kind of perfect for him because he's the best fighter over there too. Like you said, no one's as durable as him, so he might get outboxed for a round or two, but he's just going to keep marching forward and eventually break the other guy's will. That's really what it seems like in there. Yeah. Bro, I saw him. I saw him in this interview. He was messing with his nose because he has had this nose surgery, and he's literally just able to like push it into his face. And he's like, "No, I don't feel anything. I don't feel it. It's kind of just like a cheat code. Now I can get punched in the nose as much as I want, and nothing will happen." Just a yeah, sick that's nice. Yeah. Um. One more thing. Uh. So Tom Aspinall, he had been calling for John Jones to vacate the belt. We'd seen Yuri Prohaska had to vacate it when he was out for a year. We saw Jamal yeah. Hill have to vacate it when he was out for a year. So Aspinall is saying, why why shouldn't John have to do it? We're both pretty big John Jones guys, so there might be a little bias involved in this one. But John no, Jones... I, did I mean, okay, so here's my thing on it is Aspinall is the interim champ. So has anyone ever defended an interim belt? Not that I can recall. It seems like a really weird you thing can't to do. Keep defending the interim belt. So, like in my head, I'm like, yes, and and all and everything that makes sense is like, yes, John has to John has mm-hmm. to relinquish the belt. 
but you don't say that because it's fucking John Jones. Like, yes, he has to do it, but you just don't say it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You just don't you, you just don't say that. Like all um, the logic is behind Aspinall on yeah, this one. But... He hundred percent should vacate the bill. hundred <laughs> percent. But you just don't say that because it's John Jones. Um that that's the thing. You just don't say it. Um, but also like I don't know what their plan is because I think they they want the Stipe and John fight. Mm. It was already a late fight in their careers. Like it was obviously it was interesting, but it wasn't like ah. Everyone was kind of uh, saying we wish this happened yeah. a few years ago. So the later it gets, it's like damn. And so now Stipe is not gonna fight for what? Fucking two years, three years. So then, so then when you do John and Stipe, what's Aspinall do this whole time? Yeah seriously dude he's in the prime of his career he's not trying to sit on the sidelines for a year just because other guys are hurt yeah so i don't know what the plan is um yeah it's tough i think yeah there's like a but then there's also no one that i kind of like versus aspinall that like i feel like yelton almeida is kind of the next one that would have potential to get up there but he's not really exciting at all especially after that Derek lewis fight i mean and they, don't believe, and they don't believe Stipe beats Aspinall, or they would just do Stipe and Aspinall. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I did see Dana in his post-fight presser after Texas. He was saying, no, John and Stipe has to happen. Like, So it seems like he's kind of – I don't, I don't want to say being stubborn on that one, but he's just – he really wants it to happen, and that does make sense because they're two of the biggest names of the last era. Yeah. I had to say the last era, but it's true. Yeah, it's unfortunate that fight didn't happen. Yeah. But why I don't that's what I'm saying though, is like why couldn't we just see they just don't they honestly what it comes down to is they don't have trust in Stipe because why can't you just do Stipe and Aspinall right now? Stipe wins, and then you same thing. Stipe is the interim champ, and then you have John for the champ. Yeah, I think it's what you said. They just don't have faith in Stipe. I think they know that Aspinall is just that new breed, he's bigger, he's younger, he's faster, stronger at this point. It's the I think Aspinall would probably be a minus two fifty, minus three hundred favorite in that fight, just based off of what we've seen in the last few years. And I don't even think it's the worst thing if Aspinall were to beat Stipe and then fight John after that. I mean, that builds up Aspinall enough. Yeah, but it's not about that. It's they want the Stipe versus John it's for the name that's for the history. Yeah. yeah, that's what they want. That 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 one hurt. Not having that one hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got anything else for us? We kind of kind of flew through everything, but yeah, quick hitters. Quick hitters today. You got a prediction for the yeah, I guess nothing really happened before we're back on here. I was gonna say college football playoff, but that's not yeah. for like another month. Yeah. Not winner of Bama Michigan winner Bama Michigan wins it all. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if who Texas wins that win. game. I don't know who wins that game. But winner that one wins it all. Bama is really bro. It's crazy that if Bama didn't get that crazy play against Auburn on that fourth down, none of this would have happened. If Auburn just didn't run a QB spy on fourth and thirty for no reason, yeah. But hey, college football—it's what makes it great. Yeah, and great. one more thing before we get out of here, we got the eight o'clock spot going live for the Grid Network in about twenty-five minutes. So if y'all are looking to. Listen to some sports discussions. Tune into that. It's always a great show. Yes, sir. And as always, thanks for a great show, Jalen. Appreciate hosting this thing with you. Always. And thank you. We will be back in a week. Deuces.